Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Praise God. I believe God's going to do something good tonight. And uh, I just know that God is good. I was singing that song, driving down the freeway, coming down here, just the goodness of God is running after me, chasing after us. And uh, I just pray tonight that your heart be opened and uh, that you just be ready, sensitive and, and uh, tuned in to what God wants to say tonight. Uh, I am covering Pastor Michael. I know in our pre-service meeting, there was a couple of jokes there about whether I could uh, be Michael. Um, I am about three foot taller than him. And my arms don't move fast enough. <laughs> and that's about where the similarities end or start. I'm not sure. So, Psalm chapter 23. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 23. I'll just share a few thoughts tonight around Connect Stronger and uh, what it means to us as a church that's looking at 2020 and all that our Connect groups can be and just the importance of what they represent uh, it's not just a program, it's not just a ministry of the church, it's something so vital to each of us individually, and I want to share a little about that, but uh, also what it means to connect stronger to the Lord, and uh, just, you know, leaning into His presence and hearing His voice speak, I want to speak a little about that tonight as well. But Psalm chapter 23, verse 1 to verse 6, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and they comfort me. Verse five, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my, of my enemies, you welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil, is the translation I was reading from this afternoon. Or from the NIV, it says here, you prepare a table before me. This idea of a table and what's laid out before us. And it goes on, my cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Why don't we pray? Father, we do thank you for your goodness towards us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here that's already touching people and ministering love and grace and power and healing into people's situations. And just for these few moments, Lord, I do pray that you'd speak. I pray that you'd have this moment and do what you wanna do with it. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. I wanted to pray tonight for Roger Federer as well that he would come back stronger and better because he's the greatest of all time. And I don't want Nadal and I don't want Djokovic to catch him. Who's with me? Who's pro Nadal? Who's pro Djokovic, wants him to win tonight? There's a few around, there's a few tennis fans. What about the Super Bowl, Pastor Alex? Are we praying for the Super Bowl? Which team? Can you, can you guide, which one? The Chiefs. Ezra's here, he'd be on the 49ers. Oh, let's pray. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. 
We've had a great day, and I've seen some photos and some social media across all our campuses of, uh, of the focus upon Connect Stronger and our Connect groups. Pastor Frank has already shared and had the team stand up, and you've been introduced to them, and you've eyeballed them. It's really so important that we have a small group ministry. It's not just, like I said, it's not just a program, but it's so vital. And we saw, it was actually really exciting this morning, we saw all uh, our Dandenong uh, Connect group leaders across the stage, and so many of them, and I was excited because over here, uh, we run a, a young families group, and we run a young families group, and we've got a group that's for all the adults, and no matter your age or your stage of life, and your kids are welcome, and I just think it's so important that as families, we can come together, whatever your family looks like. I remember, I'm a church kid, I grew up in church, and my dad and my mum would lead a connect group, or a home fellowship group, as they were called back in the 80s, and uh, my dad rode a motorbike, and he played the acoustic guitar, and I was on the back of the motorbike, going to home fellowship group, holding the, the, the guitar on the side of the motorbike, while my dad rode us to home fellowship group. Hi dad, if you're watching on our Facebook Live. Um, I just think it's so important. I was excited as I saw we've got a young families group. We've got a kids, you know, a group where kids are welcome. And we had one group here, I won't name them, who uh, had called their group from the womb to the room. And, uh, and I actually was in a part of the room here where I didn't hear it right, and I thought it was from womb to the tomb. <laughs> That's what I heard. And um, I know it was... The little pastor's joke that church life is, is very much about hatch, match, and dispatch. <laughs> the babies and the marriages and birth, deaths, and marriages, okay? And hatch, match, and, okay. Have I, gosh, oh, yeah. And so it was exciting to see all these groups represented and even tonight and the hang time groups and, and uh, my kids come home from youth, how is hang time? They tell me all about it and it's fantastic to know that we're in a church that's so healthy because it's not just built on the strength of one thing but there's so many things that are happening that are for you so that you can be healthy, so that you can grow in your own walk with God and that you can develop as a human being and that your marriage can be strengthened or your relationship can go from strength to strength. Whatever the case may be, it happens in church life and so much of it through our small groups or through our connect groups. There's a preacher from America, his name's Andy Stanley, ran a, a small group conference. There's a couple of quotes that I just wanted to read out that I picked up on, I found them on the internet, but certainly they're, they're quotes that I, re I read several years ago, but they stuck with me about the importance of what our small groups or our connect groups mean. He said this, he said, your connect group is like your retirement fund. If you don't invest into it now, it won't be there when you need it most. And think about that for a moment. When life happens, when all the kids have had gastro through the house and who do you reach out to? Well, it's your friends that are coming around to bring some meals and to help out and to you know, get some support around about you. It's the small group, it's your friends, it's those that are closest to you. When something has gone wrong, you, you've lost a job or there's been a situation take place. I remember I was trying to maybe just reflect upon some real life examples for me and I thought that's maybe a bit too me focused, but I remember when I was young, my youngest brother ran away from home, didn't turn up to school, and we got a phone call, your brother, well, it wasn't to me, Andrew hasn't turned up to school, and uh, neither has his friend, we knew his friend was bad news, Andrew was a good kid, his friend was bad news, and we started to worry, and through the school day, he, did, he was in year seven, 
I didn't turn up to school. And who comes around at the end, right through the evening? It's gotten dark. I'm out riding my push bike around trying to find him where I think that he might have been. And my parents are out looking and we've already rung the police about missing persons. And who comes around to be there for our family when we're going through this little crisis that happened on this particular day? It was our small group. It was the, 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 the friends and those that were closest to us from our church that were supporting my mum and dad. It was the first time I ever saw my dad cry when my brother came through the gate at about 10 o'clock at night and, uh, and he just came in and he started to cry. And gosh, even just sharing the story now, it touches my heart again. It was those that were there that came around to support were from our it's so important that we are involved in a connect group. If you don't invest into it now, it won't be there when you need it most. And he goes on and he said another quote. He says, church doesn't happen in rows. It happens in circles. And I guess from that quote, it launches us into these few thoughts that I want to share. He's not saying that he's negative about church happening like we do here. This is corporate, and this is fantastic, and this is important. So he's not saying it's either or. He's emphasizing the importance of what connect groups are when you gather around in a lounge room and someone's got that acoustic guitar, or someone's got a thought and a devotion and a study to begin to share from, and someone begins to lead prayer, or you're sitting around on the, in the dining room around the dining table, and you're having conversations, and you can look across the table into the eyes of someone across the, across, you know, on the other side there, and you can have some deeper conversations. And there can be a deeper level of accountability and encouragement and support and friendship and fellowship and communion together. It's so important. So uh, from, yeah. So it's a circle where you can eyeball one another. So when we moved uh, from the western suburbs to the southeast of Melbourne, uh, we moved into a house that had a rectangle-shaped dining room. And our uh, we had a big square table, we're moving house, we're unpacking all the things, and we found that our big square, solid, heavy dining table didn't fit in the dining room that we had in this new house. And uh, it, 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 it would fit, you could sit at this side, you could sit at that side, but on this side you were stuck up against the wall and on this side up against the kitchen bench. And so we, we put the table up on Gumtree like many of us would do, we're selling things or selling and buying, we've got the Pastor Matt Hines anointing for finding a bargain and uh, we put the table up on Gumtree, we posted it out to our friends, hey we're selling some furniture and we started to get all these messages come back, you cannot sell your table, no way can you sell that table and we're starting to laugh about this alien eye thinking why are people so upset about us selling this table and what had happened, what turns out is the people, our friends that were saying, you can't sell this table, they were friends that when Ailey was a bit younger and our kids were a bit younger, Ailey was leading a connect group of young mums that would gather and sit around that table. And then on a Friday night, alternating, we would have a young families connect group. And we kind of, we talk about it, we say the kids are in the other room just literally climbing up the walls, up and down over the furniture, and the parents are having respite in the dining room. At the end of a long week, it's like, we made it. We got there, you know. And so, and we're able to encourage one another. And I began to think about this. 
that we had so many stories that we'd share around that table. I remember a friend of mine who had her homeland of El Salvador on her heart, and she began to share about her heart to do something for children and for uh, disadvantaged women in El Salvador, and she began a charity. And the conversation and the encouragement that took place around that table, and others that would share about their children and so, some challenges in their family, and we'd be, go, be able to pray with one another. And so they were responding, saying, you can't sell that table because it touched on some memories that they had around our connect group that met around that table. This idea of the table, this idea of what it means to be in community with one another. In the end, it was one of those families drove from Geelong all the way to Narry Warren South and picked up that table, said, we're claiming this for our own. We've sat around this table. It had all the markings and all the scratches. It had all the, it, we'd, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't a showpiece piece of furniture. It was home. And we did life around it. And we talked about the honest realities of what's happening in our lives and in our families and our situations. You know, we read from Psalm 23 tonight. Psalm 23 is written by David, who starts off and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And he, he starts off this way because David, as a young boy, was a shepherd himself. He cared for the sheep. And so as he begins to write this, this great, famous, so well-known psalm, he's reflecting upon an analogy that means something to him. He knows the power of what the, uh, the, the dynamic between the shepherd and the sheep is. He understands it because he's lived it and he's actually functioned in that role, that responsibility as a shepherd. And he knew these things. He knew that the sheep are dependent upon the shepherd for protection and for guidance, for food and for water and for their provision. David knew that the shepherd's responsibility is to take care of the sheep. And so right from the very outset of this psalm, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, he was saying of himself, the Lord is, he will protect, he will guide me, he will care for me, and he will provide for my every need. And this analogy and this illustration carries right through into the New Testament. When we read in John 10, Jesus himself calls himself the good shepherd. And he goes on and he says, the sheep know my voice and that I would lay down my life for the sheep. And it goes on. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20, Jesus is called the great shepherd of the sheep. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, where Peter writes to church leaders, reminding them, shepherd the flock, don't, rule, don't lord it over them, but shepherd the flock, guide them and care for them. He points to Jesus and calls him the chief shepherd. And so just as David establishes who God is, the Lord is my shepherd, and just as David establishes right from the outset, I believe that our Connect Stronger theme, certainly around Connect groups, but also our personal relationship with God, is to establish from the outset, He is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. He's not just a shepherd out there somewhere in the you know, far distant realm, you know, realms. He is my, it's personal. And I encourage you tonight, even where you are right now, just to say in your own heart, Lord, I, I, I don't feel that closeness. I don't understand perhaps exactly what that can mean, but I'm trusting and I'm believing that you can be that close, that you can be my shepherd. Make it personal tonight. 
that he is my shepherd. He is my good shepherd. Not just the God out there, but the God who is close. Not just the God from the old Bible stories, but the God who is, a re- who is real, who is alive, who is fighting for you, who is interceding for you, who is on your side here and now. Not just an ancient God, but a God for today. He is your shepherd. He is the God who is drawing you near. His heart is for you. It's for us to lean into him, to draw near to him, to connect stronger with him. And so out of that, there's a couple of ideas just to share briefly from tonight. So the first one is, I really am drawn to verse four. In verse four, it says, even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Makes me lie down and rest and enjoy all those benefits and all that he is there. But then even when life happens, David's saying, when I go through the worst of the worst, I don't need to be afraid. For you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and they comfort me. So away uh, from my church roles and responsibilities, I have a a small part-time job where I work at a school, a Christian school, it's a school that my kids go to, and uh, it's in a maintenance role, so I'm on a team with a few other guys, and we get around, we got the wonderful privilege. This week, all the preppies started back, and all the kids, start, who's got kids that started back at school? Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it cute? All the posts on Facebook, oh, I'm crying, you big babies. <laughs> no, I've been there, three times I've been there, and, and uh, it never gets easier. It's like, Dad, I'm in year nine. Leave me alone. <laughs> so I've got this little job and on the maintenance team. And so we get to clean up some of the mess. And, you know, when a kid's Vegemite sandwiches come around again and we got to, you know, all that sort of stuff. And actually, one of, the, one of the real fun jobs that I have is I get to sit on this big red scary ride-on mower. It's awesome. It's so good. It's big things. Got two paddles. I came home from work one day, and uh, I've got a digital watch like so many of you do, and it counts my steps. And I came home. I've been on the lawnmower mowing the, the football oval and the cricket oval and the next one, mowing lawns all day. And I came home, and I looked at my watch. I've, got, I've done 49,000 steps for the day. No kidding. 49,000. Because I'm sitting on the right on mower with the two handles that are like this just going round and round in circles and just over the bumps, just da, 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 da. I've, I've walked 49 kilometers, 40, you know. And so I'm out there on the oval late last year and, uh, and around the school property, we had plover birds. Anyone know the plover birds? Plover birds aren't like normal birds that fly up into a tree and build a nest and, and uh, you know, they're just cute. And these things are just they're silly, they're, they're weird, you know, anyway. And so out on the school property, plover birds are like this. They'll just walk along and they'll stop somewhere and then they'll lay their eggs and they'll sit on the eggs for two or three weeks and then get up and keep moving and they'll chase the little baby plover birds around. And so around our school property, we had a few different areas where there were plover birds that were laying their eggs and they were waiting to hatch. And so one was sort of near where the uh, parents would drop off their little primary school kids and and uh, the birds were aggressive to the parents. They were getting angry, so we had to relocate the eggs and all this, uh, you know, so this is one of my fun days. And so I'm out on the, on the, on the big angry ride on mower one day doing laps around the oval and the grass had got quite long. And uh, I'm doing laps and I did one lap, I did another lap, 
did another lap, and as I came around, I got the fright of my life because there popped up out of the grass was this bird, all puffed up, like full of air, and its, its wings were expanded out, and it was just staring me down. <laughs> it just wanted to take me on. Like. So I stared back at it, and then drove around it and went around and did another lap. And then went round and stared it down again and went round and did another lap. And then I came round and there was its nest, so I drove... Oh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. Pastor Franco, I didn't. I didn't. Don't ring the RSPCA. But this true story, as each lap that I did, the, as I come round and I'm approaching... Now, you know, you're mowing and you understand law mowing and so you, the circle's getting smaller... As I would come around, that bird would pop up out of the grass and stare at me. And on the third time around, it wasn't just staring at me, but that's Mrs. Plover. Mr. Plover had been over here chatting with his friends. And so Mr. Plover comes running in, and he starts to chase me. And he's, got pu he's puffed up, and he's, you know, all angry, and he's, like, defending his, his eggs that are yet to hatch. And so he starts chasing me. And so this is one thing that I did do, is I steered my lawnmower, my big, angry red lawnmower, and I chased him down. And so he's coming at me, and then he turned around and ran away. And then I, he turned around and came back. And then we had this little thing where we sort of, you know, it was like chicken. It was, it was, it was good fun. And, uh, but I, I actually really learned something and finished the day... <laughs> I finished the day, I had this beautifully mowed football oval, except for this one patch in the side, <laughs> a couple of meters in circumference where I'd had to go around it and avoid it. But I saw something and it really spoke to me, uh, certainly about the, the, the importance and the power of family, because honestly, I'm not exaggerating, the way that it puffed up the mother bird and defended its eggs against this huge, big, ugly, red ride-on mower with this guy sitting on top of it, and then the dad bird come running over and defending and trying to protect and look after his family as well. And it spoke to me about the way God sees us. It spoke to me about the way that we are his children. And he has such a love and such a care for it. The Lord is my shepherd. He protects and guides and looks after and supports and he's there for me. And it spoke to me about the way that God looks out for us. He comforts us. He would stop at nothing to protect and to comfort us. And so whether it's staring down that big lawnmower that threatens to run over the eggs, or whether it's the big angry doctor's diagnosis or the eviction notice from the landlord, we have a God that the Bible says He is my shepherd. And it's for me to connect in a stronger, it's for me to make that effort. We heard a wonderful message this morning about abiding in the vine at Dandenong. I encourage you to listen. But to remain in the vine, to not be found that I've moved away from where God is and what God's doing, but that I am pushing in and pressing in and leaning in and drawing nearer to all that He has for me and all that He wants for me. The illustration has a double, I think, application. So certainly, you know, if we look at it, we can be like those little baby eggs and God is the, 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 the dad bird that's defending and looking after and protecting. He is our shepherd. But also, I think in connect groups and in church like this, we can be that to one another. That's the strength of a small group, that when that lawnmower comes around, that there's friends that are going to come alongside and defend your little patch and your, your family and your situation. Some of you know I've shared my testimony a few years ago, but I lost a brother quite tragically four years ago. 
and uh, his name was David. And within 24 hours of the situation taking place, my closest friends were in my world. And we were actually were sitting down at a table. Just, you know, I'm, in, I'm just stunned and just dealing with this immediate sense of grief and the whole thing. But lost a brother named David. You know who those closest mates were? And this is God. There's a guy named David Molyneux, a guy named David Reardon, and another best mate of mine named David Baldwin. I look at that a little while, a little while later, I think, God, you're in that. That's my tribe. That's my connect group. That's my closest thing where when I'm going through something difficult, when I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, who's going to be there with you? Certainly the Lord is there. He guides and he looks after, protects, and he shepherds us. But we can be that to each other as well. If I can have the worship team join me, because the second little highlight from Psalm 23 for us tonight is verse 5, and it says, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. In the version I read from it, says, you welcome me as a guest and you anoint my head with oil. You prepare a table for me. There's something so intimate around conversation around a table. Something so special, so important about family dinner time. There's an old movie, Australian movie, it's a classic, but it had the funny line that said, at dinner time, the TV is definitely turned down. I don't encourage that. Make family dinner time special. Talk with one another. Talk about what's happening in your world. Talk with your kids and your kids to your parents. Talk with one another. It's so important. And the Bible says here in Psalm 23, you prepare a table for me. It's laid out. You prepare a feast. There's a feast laid out in the presence of my enemies. The table to me, it illustrates this place of closer connection, of deeper fellowship, It's a place where there is an invitation given to join in, to eat, to feast, to celebrate, to talk, to pray. You know, we see through the Gospels that Jesus, it says, reclined at table, reclined. And uh, the culture of the day is unlike what we know where we've got a a seat and we sit down and we interact with one another around a, a, a table. In the custom of the day, they would actually lay down on a cushion and they would rest their head on their hand like this and they'd have their hand free to reach and to eat and there was something so, so, so close and so intimate around that table as they would recline at table and Jesus met with his disciples and they would eat together and there was so many different situations and conversations recorded through the gospel where it says that they reclined at table, the deeper conversations, taking it to another level. You prepare a table for me. I don't know about you, but even that idea of just lying down and and, uh, reflecting with other people, it's not just anybody that you are going to do that with. You're not just gonna go to that place with a stranger perhaps, but you can as you develop those friendships in your small group and in your connect group. As that relationship and that trust is developed and strengthened, you can go to that place where you're able to not physically lie down. I'm not talking about it in a literal sense, but that you can share of some of the deeper things and that you can be encouraged and built up and strengthened in what's going on in your life. I love the verse in Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse four. It says this, that he brought me to his banqueting table or he brings me into his banqueting house 
it says, and his banner over me is love. He brings me in, he invites me in, he draws me in, he's, he's calling to us. Would you come and come close and allow me to be so personal and so close to you? To be my, the Lord is my shepherd. Would you allow him tonight? The Bible here in Song of Solomon, as I said, he brought, he brings me to his banqueting table. He invites me in from outside to come in to a place of intimacy. And his banner over me is love. I don't know what banners have been waved over your head or over your life and declared the words that might have been spoken, brokenness, failure, sickness. The Bible says here that God holds up a banner it's a banner of love. I was reading uh, a few things this afternoon as I was preparing and there's a preacher in America who's got the same name, uh, Bob Roberts is his name, Baptist guy and no relation, but he was talking about the banner. There was a family in his church when they opened their building. The first family that came in that had a, um, a baby healed, they prayed for a baby and the baby was healed, was an atheist's family. And their baby was healed and they went home and they put up a banner over their house, over the, maybe in the hallway of the house. God is love. God loves. God is faithful. God is good. What's the banner that's been waved over your life? Can you say tonight, His banner over me is love? That's the illustration of the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. No matter what I go through, the ups and the downs and the lefts and the rights, He is there for me. So to connect stronger, God our shepherd who protects, who comforts us. To connect stronger, He invites you in. He invites you to the banqueting table. This feast that is laid out for you, it's an invitation to draw near to Him. It's an invitation to come as you are might be warts and hurts and failures and all the brokenness, but it might be successes and victories and accomplishments. Come as you are. He invites you in. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.